Welcome to Mid-Century Living, your weekly podcast about everything mid-century and how to bring the best of the mid-century to your everyday lives. Welcome to Mid-Century Living, the show where we talk all about the mid-20th century then and now. We are your hosts, Gonzalo. And Jackie, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thanks for tuning in. Uh, even though maybe you guys don't know what tuning in is, because <laughs> no one's got a radio anymore. <laughs> um, but we like to pretend. Anyway, today we are doing our first special. Yay! It's Halloween. Um, well, not really, but yes, kind of. Um, <laughs> what I mean by that is, it's not Halloween when we're recording, but it will be close to Halloween whenever we release the episode. Yes, this episode is the Friday before Halloween, so everyone's probably got um, big Halloween plans coming up. But uh, since it's Halloween time, when this is being released, Gonzalo, do you have anything spooky going on in your life right now? <laughs> um, I don't know. I've, I've got two things that happened this week. One of them I think is a little spooky, but we'll, we'll let you be the judge. The first thing is not. The first thing is just frustrating because <laughs> I had to go get my license renewed. Um, which is a thing that happens when you're an adult. <laughs> and in the great state of Texas, you have to make an appointment. If you don't do it online, which I couldn't renew mine online, um, you have to make an appointment to go to the DPS. You can't just show up, which is fine. I made an appointment. It was for a week, hence from the appointment making day. And in my mind, it was set for Monday. So I get in my car and the closest dps to where i was i had an appointment available this week was an hour away so i got in my car and i drove an hour after work through traffic paying the toll road to get to the dps i walk in and i my phone would not let me check into my appointment which i thought was weird so i go up to the person at the door and i go hey i'm showing them my phone and being like i am i'm trying it's the right time i know i'm a little late but it's it's within the 30 minute window and the guy's like, yeah, just refresh and go down and you'll see the button. I was like, I did. Here. And I showed him my phone. And he goes, well, let's take a look. And then he goes, yeah, this is for tomorrow. Um, so I was like, really? And they're like, yep, their appointment's tomorrow, not today. And I go, well, do you all have any walk-ins? And they're like, nope. See you tomorrow. Man. <laughs> so then I had to get in my car and drive an hour home. That sucks. Yeah. And then the next day I drove an hour there was at the DPS for all of 10 minutes getting my stuff renewed and then I was out. Now we're back home. Man. Yeah. But my kind of spooky thing is that I was scrolling through uh, Instagram and I found um, this really cool product that I kind of want to buy, but it's totally not necessary purchase. (laughs) But it is an LED candlestick. And not only is it a candlestick, it is the whole like candelabra, like stand with a like, little handle. Um, like, the one that Scrooge like, holds when Marley comes to visit him. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Like I would be, I, I would need to wear like a long nightgown with like those caps on my head <laughs> and walk around my house in my single story, not big one hallway house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I say buy it. That is a great idea. I have a real one, though. Oh, that's better. Yeah. I'm not going to say how it got it. That kind of reminds me, I need to find 
them again, but there are people on the internet who convert old radios to Bluetooth. That's kind That's of cool. what the LED candlestick reminds me of. It's just like modern tech, but old aesthetic, which I think is on brand for this podcast. So you should buy it. Yes. And I have a Bluetooth adapter for my rotary dial phone, which is from the 1950s. Yay. And every time my phone rings, the house phone rings and it is an amazing sound. <laughs> but Jackie, how about you? Anything spooky happened to you this week? No, mainly spooky how behind I am on decorating for Halloween, but um, I'm starting to get all of my decorations out of storage, so they will go places. Yeah, I'm a little behind, but we're recording this well in advance, so by the time this actually comes out, I have a perfectly decorated Halloween (laughs) living space, and you can look at it on my Instagram, but no, while we're recording this, I'm like super behind, (laughs) So, um, well, it is still September. So. It is still September. I've got a minute. Yeah. But anyway, I suppose we can just jump right into our main segment then. So today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, since it was a holiday special, I reached out on social asking everyone to share their memories of celebrating Halloween as a child in the mid-century. And boy, did they deliver. So all of the content for this next segment came from our friends, relatives, Instagram followers, and members of one of my favorite Facebook groups, Mid-Century Modern Kitsch. Um, We both thought this would be a cool way to find out how people actually celebrated back then. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And it says here in in our outline, say something clever, so we transition, and I don't have anything clever, so here you go. We are so bad at transitions. <laughs> That's something, maybe we'll learn how to do that the more practice we get. <laughs> um, anyway, so celebrating Halloween in the mid-century. So basically, I got everybody's stories, and I put them all together in and grouped them by categories. So let's start off with costumes. Um, So basically, according to everyone we talked to, homemade costumes were the most common. Um, A lot of them were just people gathering clothes from around their house or borrowing clothes from friends and coming up with costumes like hobos, bobby soxers, old ladies, and hippies. Um, Someone said that they would borrow sports stuff from their neighbor who had two older brothers and would alternate between a basketball and a football player, um, Hmm. which I thought was pretty clever. Um, I, I was Tom Sawyer once. How did you do that? Just like cut off shorts? I don't know. My mom found me. I I wore like a button down shirt and like a vest, which I'm pretty sure was my mom's, not my dad's. And (laughs) I don't remember what the bottom was. (laughs) I don't know. I was like, I need to, I need a costume. I was like, well, what do we have? Yeah. Well, what do we have? That seems like a good way to do it. Um, some Halloween memories people shared about homemade costumes was one, quote, my mom creatively made me a robot costume, small box on top for head with eye holes, larger box for body, bed sheets as sleeves and leggings, and heavily painted all of it in metallic silver with many multiple cans of spray paint. <laughs> so that's Safe. one. <laughs> um, another memory, another memory that was shared with us. 
Mothers and grandmothers who sewed often made elaborate costumes that got passed down. My maternal grandmother sewed this clown costume for a second cousin of mine, and it was passed down to me, then to each of my siblings. It was amazing. The neck, wrist, and ankle ruffles were each separate and had jingle bells on them. The hat was stiffened Ooh. with newspaper and rolled into a cone. Um, apparently, the person also won first place in a costume contest, mainly because... Her mom showed her how to shake her wrists and jump around to make the bells ring. <laughs> so, if you didn't wear a homemade costume back in the day, you probably wore a store-bought costume with a plastic mask and absolutely hated it. So, I got some really funny snippets from comments. So, the plastic masks with tiny mouth holes, quote, horrid little slits for the mouth, unquote. <laughs> and then the comments that ensued were things like, God, those little slits would cut you. They were awful. I hated those Halloween costumes with the plastic masks. I only ever had one costume like that. Super uncomfortable, sweaty, and the cord broke easily and tangled in your hair. Um, it was hot and I couldn't see out of the mask. I hated the way my breath <laughs> felt inside the mask and I would push it onto my head. These are all <laughs> different memories of these little store-bought Halloween costumes. So if you wore one in the 60s, you probably hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever worn I have worn bad masks before, uh, but every time we we like all throughout the entire time all I was thinking of was uh, the movie, uh, the Strangers. Oh, yeah, those masks. Which if you listeners if you've not seen it, the first Strangers, it's worth it, especially if you like me find scary movies about ghosts and paranormal stuff totally fine. But realistic break-in movies, more scary. Because to me, that's, you know, that could happen. Someone could break in my house and, and torment me that way. Those, um, tying it back into the mid-century, that was loosely based on the Manson family murders. Was it really? What, what else do we know about Halloween? Let's, let's get back, <laughs> back to... to uh, so um, one other store-bought option that came up in the comments um, was that apparently Sears sold flannel costumes that could also be worn as pajamas, which I think sound like an amazing idea. Yeah. I got my, we, my sisters and I, my parents and I, we all got our niece uh, a Baby Yoda Halloween costume, but it's not really a costume. It's actually a hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad they're still doing that now. Yeah. Um, so some trick-or-treating memories. Um, we stayed in our own neighborhoods and everyone dressed up in homemade costumes. You went to houses in every neighborhood with a pillowcase you had to fill before you even considered going home. When the bag was full, we ran home, dumped the candy, and ran back out again. We were so happy to have all that candy. We were able to have a few pieces of candy and then go to bed in the morning and the candy would disappear. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, we had big bags of candy and my mother let us spread it all out on the floor she then announced we could have only one piece per day they wrote this in all caps with four exclamation points man um, one other comment was that trick or treat for UNICEF was really big I was a kid in the 50s and at Halloween we'd get a milk carton at school and collect donations on behalf of UNICEF to be turned into school the next day I vaguely huh. remember collection boxes. I was um, going to say, I remember doing that. Yeah, I think that might have made it into the 90s. 
Um, as far as candy goes, according to our sources, there was way more hard candy compared to chocolate, and a lot of it wasn't wrapped. Oh. One person also commented this, like, screenshot of a catalog with those wax candies with the little, that, like, are shaped like Coke bottles with the little fruit juice in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They still, or they still made them when I was a kid. I don't know if they still make them now, but they were gross, but fun. Uh, they make a lot of weird candies now. Um, I I don't have candy at school, but the teacher next door does, and I often steal her candy. But she's got the good candy, too. Um, she's got, like, Snickers and stuff. That is the uh, good candy. So what other what kind of other treats uh, did we have in mid-century? So it sounds like homemade treats were actually kind of a big deal, and there was very specific ones they did for Halloween. So there was popcorn balls, candy apples, caramel apples um, seemed to be the most common. One person shared that there was a lady on their street that used to make brownies with candy corn pressed into the top, and that everyone always went to her house first. I love candy corn. Um, another good memory is um, my other mid-century memory was of a woman who lived in a Victorian brick house. The house had a porch. She would dress up as a witch and she had a cauldron with dry ice and would stand by it pretending to stir it. She would give us popcorn balls. I always ate mine immediately because they did, did suggest uh, parents check all the Halloween candy because there had been problems with unwrapped candy and apples. My mother would not have wanted me to eat it, but after the first time I ate it and I was okay, I never worried about it. Huh. <laughs> um, someone else talked about that, the homemade candy being a problem. Um, quote, it was in the very late 60s that popcorn balls and candy apples or even homemade candy came under fire. It made the news over razor blades in such or possible drugs probably in some large city like Chicago or Miami, and every single small town in America had warnings about it. My mother loved making popcorn balls. It was a Halloween tradition for us until about 1969 or 70. We would still make them, but just gave them to friends if they wanted them. Interesting. The whole razor blade poison candy thing actually comes from Houston. What? Really? Yeah. I think it was either Pearland or Deer Park. Well... In all of my mid-century Halloween research, popcorn balls come up a lot, and I don't think I've ever had one, have you? Uh, I don't think so. I know they sell them, but I think I might actually try to make them. I'm pretty sure it's just popcorn glued together with sugar. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so. It's like when you make kettle corn, like uh, caramel corn, it dries clumpy, so you put it on a, on a cookie sheet to dry. But if you were to shave the balls before, it would probably stick together. That sounds awesome, really. I should try those this year. So what else What else do people do? <laughs> so for Halloween parties, um, someone quoted, people entertained more then, uh, which I thought was cute. So it seems like Halloween parties back in the day were mostly DIY home decor with balloons and crepe paper. Um, people ate apple cider and donuts and played games like bobbing for apples or hanging apples on a string that you wanted to take a bite out of without using your hands, or pinning something on a Halloween character, or most common, this came up quite a bit actually, was having a haunted house where you blindfolded the kids and led them through stations where they had to feel things like peeled grape eyeballs and spaghetti brains. I definitely had that party as a child. So that made uh, it through to my childhood. I wonder if kids these days still do it. I... 
I don't know your, how I feel about that. Your face. Have you never gone to one of those parties? No. <laughs> <laughs> I no, where I come from, we like eat the you, grapes. <laughs> you put the, like a bowl of peeled grapes in a box with like a hole for your hand. Um, that's how we did it. But it sounds like blindfolding children and wheel, like walking them through little stations would be easier than like making little boxes with holes in it. But that was definitely a thing that I did as a kid. <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> so music for these parties. Somebody mentioned, we had Halloween parties at school, born 1960, but I never recall any music. When you consider songs like Monster Mash would have been on a 45, one person would have to man the record player just to keep the music going. If the neighborhood kids had a party and there was going to be dancing, it would be whatever was popular at the time. With a record like Monster Mash or One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying Purple People Eater thrown in for fun. I love that song. The Purple People Eater one? Yeah. I love the Monster Mash. It's like actually my favorite. Um, so one person also recalls, I specifically remember having one record called Scream, I believe, that was all female shrieks and screams from different movies. Then maybe an early 70s record of creepy, scary sounds in the dark with creaking doors and chains. Nice. Um, another person says that my her friends and her memorized the Disney album, Chilling Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House, which predates the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. I actually have this on vinyl. Nice. Um, and there's a song called Halloween Night that was sung in elementary schools um, and was published by the American Book Company in 1963, which was apparently also popular. So from all of these memories, this is just kind of the, the highlights of everything. But one thing that everyone shared with their memories was just a fondness for the holiday, which I really love. And everyone who shared with us remembers Halloween being a safe, fun, and simpler time back then. So I want to take this moment to thank our contributors for all of your contributions and stories. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So the best thing about the simplicity of these mid-century Halloween celebrations is that you can totally incorporate most of this into your celebrations today. It would be super easy to throw a vintage-style Halloween party right now. So you can just decorate with balloons and crepe paper, serve cider and donuts and popcorn balls, and make everybody touch peeled grapes and dance to the Monster Mash. Yeah, don't do that, people. The grapes part is creepy. No, you'll love it. It is really fun. <laughs> So, Gonzalo, how do you celebrate Halloween? <laughs> um, so, Halloween, I, I love Halloween. I love scary stuff. I love the fact that I can watch scary movies now and not be judged. Um, <laughs> not that people judge me for that because it's more accepted now, I guess. But um, I have a couple of friends from college who every year have a Halloween party. Uh, so, I'm excited to go to that this year. Um, this year's theme is villains. Last year's theme was Harry Potter. Oh, fun. Yeah. Who did you dress as last uh, year and who were you dressing as this year? Last year I was dressed as a Hufflepuff because I'm a Hufflepuff and I have Hufflepuff robes, um, which I tailored fit. And I think I had Ron's wand, even though it's a Gryffindor, but that's the one I have. Well, you know, I use my Hermione wand for all of my Harry Potter-related outfits, even if I'm not being Hermione. So yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. 
Of course. Um, <laughs> this year, I, I have not yet figured it out, but villains, I was thinking like a um, like evil prince or evil king or evil something like that because I already have bits and pieces from when I was a king a few years ago. Um, and I'm all about the details. The, to me, the, the costumes have to be detailed. When I was vampire one year, I have the teeth that get the good uh, teeth. the good ones that get glued onto your teeth mm-hmm. uh and i had a bunch of like victorian e jewelry and i have this really cool uh tuxedo coat that has a lot of embroidery on it and i carried around me a chain with a little bottle with a little cork stopper on it and inside was a mixture of water red food dye and cornstarch um, and that was the blood of my first victim. Neat. I love details in costumes. Do you remember that uh, stage of that time where you just wore a tux for your Halloween costume like four years in a row? Yes, college. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was a formal apology one year. The year that you went to the architecture party as a... Uh, uh, I was part San Diego. Diego. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Jackie, what do you do for Halloween? Um, these days, actually, I don't do a lot of partying. Um, we, since we bought our house, honestly, I'm just thrilled to hand out candy to trick-or-treaters because I'm a softie. And I just like enjoy just like making a bunch of crazy Halloween snacks like mummy dogs and um, carrots shaped like pumpkins and just like pumpkin dip and and candy corn and crap and just like eat garbage food and watch a scary movie and then just answer the door for trick-or-treaters is like an absolute favorite thing to do um that's cool so that's how i spend the actual halloween day i'm just like thrilled to be able to get trick-or-treaters because when we lived in an apartment we didn't get any and it's the most fun but anyway now that we've talked about old halloween traditions and new halloween traditions i suppose that it's time for this week's etiquette segment so we decided to stay on theme this week with Halloween mid-century etiquette. So, Gonzalo, what have you got? So, um, I do have something Halloween. Uh, it's, on, it's not specific to the mid-century, but it is Halloween-related etiquette. So, um, for trick-or-treaters, uh, the etiquette is to respect the lights on-off rule, uh, which is when you see a porch with lights off, that just means, you know, don't come to that door. Um, if you want to receive treats, be prepared. Wear a costume or be prepared to perform a silly dance or song for your treat, which what? I think should be a requirement. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> yeah. Also, accept whatever treat is offered. Don't complain, uh, but it is ac- acceptable to ask for a nut-free alternative if you are allergic to nuts. Uh, also, don't be greedy and say thank you, which I think should be etiquette regardless of the season. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. For those distributing treats, also respect the lights on, off rule. Uh, give out store-bought candy that's individually wrapped. Be respectful of the children who come to the door. So don't make assumptions about age. Some kids may look older. Uh, and even if they are older than what you think is appropriate, just indulge them for the one night. Uh, kids should be kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they are wearing a costume, they deserve a treat. That is the etiquette rule. 
but you do have the right to deny them a treat or make them work for it. Um, <laughs> which would I, That's what they meant by uh, the perform a little silly song or dance, which I think would be my requirement for anyone coming to my door because I think that's funny. <laughs> if you are throwing a Halloween party, um, especially bonus points if you're throwing a mid-century Halloween party, costume dress appropriate for the host. So if you are the host, be clear with your invitation if it's family or if it's adult um, or if it's themed. Uh, if attending a home gathering, take a little treat for the host or hostess as a gift, um, perhaps a flower arrangement or something. Oh. Yeah. So what do you think about these etiquette tips slash rules? So anybody who's ever watched the movie Trick or Treat knows that there are actually only four rules for Halloween, which are wear a costume, pass out treats, never blow out a jack-o'-lantern, and always check your candy. Um, but other than that, I think that these are pretty good etiquette rules. Um, I especially like the emphasis on the lights on off rule because that's just annoying for everybody if you try to ask for treats from a house that's clearly not participating or if your lights are on and you're not participating, like honestly, um, you know, it's mm -hmm. one day a year. Um, so I say this is fine though. I'm on kind of on the fence, honestly, about the dancing for your treats. <laughs> I I love that it is a thing, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think I would feel comfortable requiring uh, people to do it. So, so let's just yeah. But let's overall, just, I, I, I think it's yeah. I mean, if we have to, I say keep everything except for the dancing. Sounds good. So here it is the edited version. Um, <laughs> updated version is to abide by the rules, but don't require kids to dance. <laughs> sounds good. Um, and with that, yeah. And with that, it sounds like uh, we should be wrapping up our episode for today. So thank you guys for listening. Again, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at info.mcliving at gmail.com. You can send us comments, edits, and even future show ideas. Also, please make sure to write us a review. Uh, for our podcast. It lets us know how we're doing, but also helps us stand out in lists and in the general world of podcasting. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you again next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mid-Century Levy. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at MCL Podcast. See you next Friday.